well, this is what I'm betting on. Like, people may not need like cheerleaders, but if they know other people are doing it, okay, it's like a it's like a thing about starting at the bottom. When you're at the bottom, you're not you don't really have a team with you. I think more people need to know that there's other people starting from the bottom, and it's okay too. And it comes with the pain, and it comes with all the the good, bad, and the ugly. So I'm trying to tell people, hey, I, I, I'm coming from a position of trying. Every every card is not in my favor. You know, I'm dealing with my hand, but I'm going for it, so you're not alone. And you get your wins, you get your losses. I think more people need to know that. So if your your podcast can achieve that, I think it'll have a bigger audience. It have a it have a, the audience that it needs because I need that energy. Welcome to the Artist Engineer Podcast. Join me, Tony Tran, and me, Bill Robertazzi, along with our amazing guests, as we explore how people's inner artist and inner engineer present themselves in their technical careers, in the art that they create. And most importantly, in living creative lives. Our guest on the show today is Ethan Richards. Ethan is a former IT manager who's pivoted full-time into being an artist, musician, and entrepreneur. Ethan is the founder of Grind, Eat, Pray, a mixed medium and live experience project. He also consults with clients in the digital space via his firm, Design Tech Media. In our discussion, we cover Ethan's early days as an independent musician and how his art actually brought him to technology and how he's learned to balance art and technology along with marketing and business. Finally, Ethan shares what inspires him to keep moving forward and whom he hopes to inspire. Well, we are happy to welcome Ethan Riches to our show. Good afternoon. Before we jump into the question, a little background. Ethan and I have known each other I don't know, a dozen years, I think. We met at a conference, I don't know, probably a dozen years ago. Uh, it was a technology conference. We were both working in technology in the nonprofit space. But I don't think that's what actually connected us. I think it was um, the fact that we were both born and raised in the boroughs of New York City, Ethan up in the Bronx and, and myself in Brooklyn and Queens. So, uh, so we kind of formed a bond and uh, we'd go to lunches pretty regularly for the next couple of years. And initially, you would think we'd be talking about IT and our organizations, and we did. But I think the conversation often veered off into Ethan's art, into uh, the music he was creating and being an MC. Uh, so that always kind of fascinated me. So that's a little background on how we know each other. Maybe as a first question, really just understanding where your interests, kind of going back a little bit, where your interests in hip hop, in music, kind of started and formulated and same with technology. How I, you know, um, I got into technology um, was sort of serendipitous. Uh, um, as an independent musician, you, uh, you know, talking, you know, late 90s, if you had your own studio, you're exposed to the computer. You know, um, things was just starting to transition to, you know, software-based recording and, and that sort of thing. So in high school, um, I always had a studio at the at the house and my older brother always had dj equipment so um in return of managing my home equipment you know blue screens and, and that sort of thing keeping my, my 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 home studio going i learned and was okay with technology and then fast forward um i had an opportunity to further my education in technology basically the mindset was like i, I do this for myself and i can do this for a business like making sure um business or uh person or family doesn't have to think about the technology that they use and that's that's how it kind of drawn together and since that um emergence it just one hand washes the other you know my creative side 
um, impacts my technical side and vice versa. So, um, yeah, that's the gist of how I got into technology, but music brought me in. For the technology side of the music, was that really interesting to you? Like, were you a tech head, a gear head, or it's just something that you uh, were doing to kind of pursue the music side? Well, uh, independent, you're talking high school student, budget-wise, you know, you can buy the, the big preamps or you can get mm. this software that does the same thing. So, but yeah, it was the music, like learning how to record yourself and going through the struggles of being very frustrated with, you, you're talking, you know, computers probably like 32 um, megs of RAM, like, you know, running software at that level um, back in the day was very frustrating. So it's like, yeah. through that, you learn tricks and be okay with, you know, troubleshooting technology. Yeah, that uh, scarcity really uh, prompts innovation. Musicians particularly, I, I find, kind of have a need to know technology almost uh, maybe more so than some other artists, but there is really this blend between those two. And it's, it's sometime out of necessity, sometime as Tony was saying, you're also just so get so interested in it too. And yeah. so you went into uh, to IT for a number of years, just as we, we met and, uh, and you were doing that full time for quite a while. At some point, I, I guess, what was that like? Cause you were still trying to create music, still had your art on the side. Yeah. And, uh, and we've heard from some other folks that that can be a challenge, right? The, the full-time job and the art and the trying to pursue the passion. Like I said, in my story is like the, the art brought me to technology, but also once you take it on as a profession, you're dealing with the energies of the businesses you serve and the individuals you serve. So it's like you want people to take you serious. So when I, when I step in an organization, when I step in, the, you know, to see a client, it's not, I'm not leading with my artist side. It's, I'm leading with, hey, um, you know, you have a problem that I, I, I think I have a solution for and that sort of forth. So it's, it's kind of like um, Peter Parker, you know, you kind of Peter Parker, the art, you know, the art side of yourself and then you, you're Spider-Man when it comes to technology. So uh, awesome. that's, that, that would be my analogy, you know, but it is a, it is a juggle to, to, as an artist, to, still take yourself serious as an artist and also um, just dancing with the nine to five guy and who I am truly in life, you know? So we fast forward a bit to yeah. kind of where you're at now, certainly the last couple of years. At some point you made the, the leap of faith to jump into your art and entrepreneurship, the Grindy Prey Project, yeah. which maybe talk a little bit about that because it, it's fascinating to me too because it's multiple things. It's uh, not yeah. easily defined in some ways. In some ways it is. Yeah, this is uh, probably one of the first times I'm on, you know, I'm documenting a mission statement or something to that effect. And it's crazy enough, just like the, I, I would say the art brought me to technology. Through technology, um, you know, I, I serviced a, a, a foundation that was very deep into the arts for a good amount of time in my, in my my technical career. So through that, I was exposed to a lot of artists, um, you know, projects, you know, watching artists, you know, I, I'm an artist myself, but watching artists and seeing how, you know, you go to an opening or something like that, and it, it shows you, you know, how, how projects are, are, are ran and all that type of thing. So um, the fact that that's what actually um, pushed me to approach technology in a creative way. So um, I took a lot of that and, and digitized myself as an artist. And I wanted to show up on every screen and also show up if you're willing to go out and also show up in the street if you see me as well. A big part of my campaign is putting up street art. I wanted to show up on every screen. 
Um, if you're willing to go out for a happy hour or something like that, and also if you're walking, um, brunching, or just exploring New York City, you'll run into it. So, Ethan, that's really interesting, actually, when you said that you learned working in the foundation space, or you saw how artists were kind of running their art as projects, maybe kind of as a profession. How yeah. did you change, like, producing the art versus when you started? Like, what, what were some of those lessons that you saw? I can't say I was always prone to, like, um, I, I can't say I ever try to get a record deal. That never enticed me. Um, I lived in, um, I'm from New York City, but I lived in Florida for a while. In Florida, I learned from a lot of independent artists. So it was like, in New York City, and this is just speaking from my shoes, a lot of the artists out here like, oh, we got to get a record deal. But when I went to the South, it was more like, let's get on the radio. Like, let's make something. Let's just do it. In that regard, is like, I always just had that just do it type of mentality. So um, that applied to the music. Also applied to the way I went about technology. I was in a smaller shop, so I was able to, you know, be that self-starter or be that innovative um, type of engineer and produce things. So just the structure of that, you can put out music and, and, and see that sort of thing. But then when you see um, a grant come through or something like that, and um, it's for a project that says, hey, we're just going to do a live show and it's going to have these features, you know, like, oh, this is a finished product. And then you see popular artists actually join sometimes to these things like, wow. So the main goal is, yeah, you can perform for a thousand drunk people uh, stepping on shoes or you can perform for a, a more um, concise crowd that will actually be in tune and follow your work, you know? And I'm speaking on like the club versus um, curated events. And so I learned that. So as a smarter artist, that kind of gives you a strategy. It's like, okay, so I'm not trying to get a thousand people anymore. I know if I can get a couple of my colleagues and their friends, I can have artists talking to CEOs through art versus just a bunch of random people in a party that's not going to remember my music, not remember the people in the room. So things like that kind of transition my thinking of how to put out art. So it gave me confidence as an independent artist that if I can do these things and project, put out a show, you know, do 10 shows, let's do it. Let's put out some videos. I know that people gravitate to it and live with it longer versus um, something that's microwaved and, and made for the masses. Yeah, I, I like that you 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 started out talking about it being digital, but then pointed out that it, there's the physical element, physical element being fashion, yeah, and, and branding, physical physical element being the the street art, yeah, which I yeah. have seen around the city, and uh, live performance. Which one gives you the most satisfaction? If one really took off in the the way you'd really wanted, do you, do you have one that you think would be more fulfilling? It's it's crazy. So um, I think they all fulfill me at certain points. I love making music. A lot of, I do a lot of things, but it all comes back to the music. It all comes back to the music. But you, you, without a street team, without marketing, you need it. So this is all different flavors of marketing to me. Like uh, if I make a video, I love the fact that you can make a video, but you got to build yourself up. You got to have concept and that sort of thing. I love the fact that um, I can put my, now I can put my, my mask on and put up <laughs> stickers around the city or give out stickers to people that support me so they can put it up around the city because I'm not the one that's putting up the stickers. <laughs> it's just, these are just all different flavors of marketing in my, in my eyes as an independent artist. So I, I love them all, but the, the best thing is getting on the stage for a crowd of people that don't know you. And in your mind, it's not, uh, you, when you're true to yourself, you're like, I, I have some music, I have something that I want to share with you people. It's not about if they like it or not. I just want to share it. So you're going on the stage with that energy. And then when you go on the stage and whether it's one person that 
it resonates is not that's like a, a high right there like the the vulnerability of not knowing of you stepping to the stage saying it's not about anybody caring i'm still going to put my best foot forward tell my story but when somebody attaches to it it's like you can't replicate that feeling you can't replicate that feeling that, that feeling of just one person give you a handshake like thank thank you all you did your thing you know that that's what i live for so the performing part right now i'm in the best creative space what i love doing i'm doing i, I just so all these different pieces that you just stated is like i love them all and i'm glad i can do them all together because in a professional role doing this moonlighting you can't do it all but now that i'm in a space which it comes with its vulnerable, vulnerable feelings you know it's just also it's just a, a good high of I could shoot a movie right now. I could shoot a I could shoot a short film. I can I can record a song. I can go out and um give out stickers to people <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So just knowing I can I can plan my week out on a creative side is a beautiful thing. That balance that so many people try to hold down, which is and is obviously the artist's challenge, right? Is to make it sustainable, make it financially sustainable. You talked about marketing. There's a business element to being yes. an artist. If an artist can't deal with or handle can be a problem for them, right? And then trying to balance your life between the two and pivot from one to the other, it can burn you out. And, and yes, uh, it's can. doable, but it's challenging. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, you bounce from every day I'm looking for energy. You know, I get energy from my daughters. I get energy from my wife and also just from my inner self uh, through my spirit and, you know, working out physically, and, you know, mind, body, and spirit. You know, you have to build your energy up to, to do these things because at the end of the day, I'm a private person. You know, this is one of my first times exposing myself in this way, in a podcast interview fashion, because I didn't want to explain Granny Prey. I thought it was more valuable to be so, you know, mystique with it, like, you don't know what it is. So when I first did it, it was like, is it a, what are you doing, an album? With and I love that because now you're interested because you don't know. I didn't tell you it was this, so now you could just, oh, that's... If you don't know what it is, you're going to, without knowing, try to figure it out. So that's where the sticker came. People, oh, put your Instagram. No, I don't want to explain. I just wanted to put it out there. And you can do whatever you want with it. You can attach it to a movie or a, a book you read. or But then when you see little pieces, it kind of tells like, wow, I thought it was this and now it's this. And so I like playing with that space. And also, I think it's valuable for independent artists because I didn't want to show up with the clothing line and it's like artist merch. I'm buying, you know, a Pink Floyd concert. I wanted to kind of really take a real step towards apparel so people can say, it's just the same power of what I was talking about. It's a mystique to it. Like somebody would have to explain a shirt. Like, what does that mean? And that's a conversation piece. So I like to live on those spaces because now it means something to anybody that attaches itself to it. So I'm trying to do that. So I was re reluctant to um, give a lot of background on it, but we're talking about five years now. So and just to give insight, I started this while I was still in a role. So just to give that context as well. So I didn't just jump out. But you have to monetize something. Um, and then also, I'm, I'm marketing my other skill sets. Like I, I do digital um, marketing, um, content production um, for, for brands, individuals. You know, So I'm a creative for myself. So I'm like a work, walking commercial for other people that may want, hey, you like that photo shoot? Well, I actually produced it myself. And, I shot the video myself and I, everything you see is designed by myself. So I'm trying to be uh, a commercial for my other skill sets.
I was going to ask about that, which also keeps you still connected to tech too, because a lot of it is digital tech media type work yeah, yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that also feeds that kind of uh, engineer That's side of you, name, possibly. Um, my consultant firm is Design Tech Media Inc. Ah, there you so go. It's like, <laughs> I always felt that everything that I might work on is either design, tech, or media. And the design goes across everything, but it's either tech or media. So I'm kind of living that out. So when you look at Ronnie Prey, it's actually design in there, it's tech in there, it's media in there. So um, that's what empowers me as an ind- independent artist, just, you know, striking every um, every cylinder. And some cylinders don't strike often, but, you know, just, you know, doing the hard work and um, trying to make it look easy, but it's really not, you know, but um, that's the fun in it, you know. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's where the, that's that's where the grind in. comes in. Yeah, that's where the grind comes in. You can't <laughs> give up. And that's another thing. That's what I'm really trying to overall articulate to people is that anything worth, even if it's a career starting from an intern to you trying to be CTO or CEO, it's committing to something. And whether it looks good at the beginning or it's hard, you grind it out. And, and that's what I'm trying to articulate through. If you want to eat, I'm from from the Bronx. We used to attach eat to you know you you want to you want to flourish at something. If you want to eat, you have to grind for it because there's a lot of people that want to flourish without grinding. So I'm constantly trying to remind people. As you see, I start I started grinding prey with a with a short film about being a cab driver in New York City because it's the ultimate like grind. Like you know you got gas in the tank. It was a space when it was livery in the 80s and 90s. You know my father would tell me like gas in the tank and money in your pocket. So. That, you know, that type of grinding, like to say, I'm going to do the hard work to get, get what, you need, what you need versus attaching yourself to people or attaching yourself to, uh, or detaching yourself to do things to, to flourish instead of just saying, I'm going to grind something out. So I'm constantly trying to articulate that through every piece of media art that you see. Um, so that's the real story behind it. Yeah. So. You know, I think your message is, is very inspirational, as you said. I think one thing you said earlier, actually, in talking about work and grind, but what you said earlier about doing the work you want to do for yourself makes, quote unquote, this grind a lot easier, if I want to use that word. But it's not work if you're, if you're choosing to do what you want to do. And that's, I think, a, real, a message that would really kind of inspire a lot of other people as well. Well, this is what I'm betting on. Like, people may not need, like, cheerleaders, but if they know other people are doing it, Okay, it's like a it's like a thing about starting at the bottom. When you're at the bottom, you're not you don't really have a team with you. I think more people need to know that there's other people starting from the bottom, and it's okay too. And it comes with the pain, and it comes with all the the good, bad, and the ugly. So I'm trying to tell people, hey, I, I I'm coming from a position of trying. Every every card is not in my favor, you know. I'm dealing with my hand, but I'm going for it. So you're not alone. And you get your wins, you get your losses. I think more people need to know that. So if you your podcast could achieve that. I think it'd have a bigger audience. it have a it'd have a, the audience that it needs because I need that energy. You know, I, I need to listen to something that's going to keep me going. Would you have other advice for, say, young artists who are in this who don't have that kind of business, work, relationship, other types of experience that you've had? I think young artists, I see some younger ones. And just the do-it-yourself thing, I think a lot of the younger, um, they are already doing that. When I was coming up, they kind of package you as amateur or you, you, you have a home studio, you're amateur. And this generation, they're like, no, I don't care. Like, I can make a song in my bedroom and I'm going to let my whole school hear it. It's a thousand people. Like, but when we, you know, the internet wasn't there. 
So for me to get my music out when I was in high school, I had to go through a, a record label. Or even if I sold my CDs in school, people might buy them, but they like, you sell CDs in school though. You're not on MTV. Like, I'm not coming to your show. Like, you know, that type of thing. But I think these kids these days, I would just say just make it and, and, and distribute that, that energy. Just hold on to that energy and um, learn business, like learn business. Um, you know, fortunate through technology, you're exposed through to, to many businesses, um, many different levels of business. So I kind of got my, my BA or, or MBA from, from being in IT and, and managing and, and being able to sit in rooms and be by the door, audit meetings, um, all kind of strategy things and learning like, okay, this is how I can attach this to, to, to my thing. But, uh, but just focus on the business side of it, uh, the business of media, the business of media will learn, will teach your artists how to package themselves. Like, and, and, and in many cases, the, the, the youth may be ahead of the media. Like they found out about TikTok before, you know, businesses, you know, you find that then the business is like, well, we got to get on it because the youth is on it. So I think empowering youth to know that they have the power um, and don't lose that as you get older. Like I keep young people around me um, and I try to stay young and um, that's what helped me flourish in IT. You know, I didn't have a traditional education about So being that I was an artist, I was able to navigate roadblocks that some people in my, my peers have, I'm going to take on that project or I'm going to, I'm not going to buy something on the, I'm not going to buy a grants database that's on the shelf. I'm going to create one. That That's the audacious, that's an artist like to say, if I'm going to fail by buying something off the shelf that you still have to implement and, and make sure it goes right, I might as well take the same risk of creating something that's not on the shelf and, and say I created something, you know, that's, that's the energy that they should always help hold on to as an artist and just in life. So I think the youth have it. I'm yeah. trying not to lose it. I'm trying. <laughs> so you're getting advice from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you got to get that energy from the youth. You got to, if you got an 18 year old or anybody under 25 around you, like soak it up because I think they actually have the answer to that question. And I think people make them forget it or, or not value it. And they try to do that in my era. And I'm relearning to go back to those stages where I've just said, Hey, let's, you know, good, bad, or ugly, let's do it and have fun, you know? I, uh, I love that answer because I think you're totally right. And it, it you know, I, I involved in some mentoring programs and I've seen there's a whole movement for reverse mentoring, which hey, is see. getting, getting, you know, younger people to mentor people who've had a couple of years in there to kind of actually stay creative, stay open-minded. And I think it's actually a brilliant idea because you yeah. do learn so much and you have to be able to learn from anyone. Those that took the, take on the challenge of mentoring know that secret. It feeds you. It feeds you. Like, every time I mentored somebody, it fed me. I, I'm not going to say it didn't feed, but it feeds you, too. It's like, you know, it's a two-way street. It was really interesting to me to hear you talk about how to kind of go backwards in your thinking. Like, you learned about process and projects. There's a model about learning where, as a beginner, you don't know the rules, so you're often breaking the rules. Yeah. That's where all the creativity comes in. But like you said, if you learn too many rules, you kind of get stuck. And so it's, it's interesting that you're, you can step back and see, oh, there's something to learn from, uh, from these young people, these beginners again, that keeps you kind of creative as well. Yeah, you have to stay beginners. <laughs> what are you excited about right now? I mean, just being grounded, uh, you know, um, first off, being grounded, you get excited about a lot once you, you're grateful and grounded on, on things. Like I'm able to operate um, as an artist. I'm able to operate my business. Um, got space, I got colleagues that I work with. Um, so things are moving. Um, so just the fact, every day excites me. Um, the fact that I'm creating, 
um, that I have. If I put something out, it's something for people to respond to. I'm working on some technology. I'm, I'm working on um, a few a few platforms, but um, it's one that's near complete. That excites me, but the world is on fire for others. So it's just like, um, I'm just excited that I can operate and um, I want to remind people that they can too. It, not that it's a beautiful thing. I'm dealing with all the challenges that everybody's dealing with. Like, I might close this down. Um, you know, you have to make choices. So it's not a, a yellow brick road for me right now. So, but I'm in it and um, that's what excites me, that I'm in it. You know, it's, you just got to be in it. Like, just make sure you're in it and never getting out of it. I mean, the work or whatever you, your, your goal is, just staying in it. So to be in it is exciting. So... Thank you very much. We enjoyed this. I know I did, and I'm sure Tony did. Thank you for inviting me on. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can email us at podcast at theartistengineer.com if you have show ideas or want to follow up with feedback or just want to say hi. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to connect. You can find more information about this episode in the show notes at www.theartistengineer.com And finally, if you enjoyed the show, please leave an iTunes review as it helps the show get discovered by more people. And also hit the subscribe button.